Welcome back to the Know Your Numbers podcast. This is your host, Chris McCormack. Today's guest is Andrew Kunzman. Andrew is a commercial real estate and roofing specialist, and he's out there in the Denver, Colorado region. We get into his story. We get into his walk with God. We get into the importance of sharing your faith in the business world. Guys, if you are in the faith and you have a business and you're an entrepreneur, there is a revival happening in the marketplace and we would like you to be a part of it. And all it takes is you to share your faith with other people and you will find that more and more people believe in God and have faith in Jesus. And for those that don't, you can explain to them why you do and the importance of believing in Jesus. It is the only way. And so for those that do not have a relationship with Jesus, I pray that this conversation will plant the seed in your heart and you will start to ask more questions and be open to the faith. And the best thing about being around like-minded individuals and people open to sharing their faith is you can hear how God moves in their life. And so if you're curious about faith, if you're about curious about finances, if you're curious about entrepreneurship, and this episode strikes a chord, well, reach out. Let me know what you think. Leave your thoughts through a rating and review. Subscribe to our channel, but also just reach out on Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever you find me. Shoot me a message, and I would love to talk to you. I would love to share my faith with you and hear about yours and uh, answer any questions that you may have, because I know these are trying times, but there is no better time than now to put your faith in Jesus Christ. So that being said, I pray for you. I thank you for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy this Know Your Numbers episode with Andrew Kunzman. Awesome. Well, welcome. This is the Know Your Numbers podcast. Your host, Chris McCormick, and today's guest goes by the name of Andrew Kunzman. He is a real estate investor out there in the Denver, Colorado region, um, focusing on commercial roofing and uh, starting his own firm of his own in Little Whale Investments. Man, Andrew, I'm pleased to have you on the show. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Uh, I know I gave you a brief introduction, but I'm sure you can do a little better than myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on. Um, no, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, anytime I can talk faith and family and uh, finances, that's always a, a good thing in my book. Um, yeah, my name's Andrew Kuntzman. I'm in Denver, Colorado. I've uh, been here for a while now. I've been doing commercial multifamily roofing for the last five years and uh, have a couple uh, LP investments and a house hack and a few other uh, real estate opportunities that I use my VA loan and stuff on. And just uh, love learning, love uh, growing in my faith and growing in my knowledge of uh, how to steward the money that God's given me. Wow. Amen, bro. And yeah, that was one thing that jumped out to me um, is you have quite the resume. There's military, there's uh, some jobs in there, and then there's uh, the entrepreneurship as well. I'd love to hear a little bit about the, uh, the journey into the roofing um to start because i know that's i mean the house hack is another thing that i'm sure we'll touch upon but uh to take a step a big step into the the roofing game when it wasn't necessarily something that was um 
your forte, I guess, is uh, intriguing. So I'd love to hear a little more about that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so that was about five years ago. And um, I had actually just been fired from the job prior. Um, that's a whole nother story in itself, but uh, <laughs> definitely a humbling moment. And, um, you know, God was trying to get a, uh, my attention. And so through that, I thought I was going straight into real estate. I was about 30 hours away from getting my real estate license and um, ran into a guy that I worked with at my last job. Um, and we had only met one time, but uh, someone said, hey, this guy knows Jesus and he plays soccer. You should meet him. Um, so we met at one meeting at my previous job. And then I ended up playing soccer against him. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I I work for this uh, roofing company. I'm the director of sales. Wow. And I was like, Oh, I just got fired. Can, uh, <laughs> can I get a job? Um, so I interviewed on uh, a Tuesday and the, like the following week I was in a suit and I didn't know that most of the roofing industry, probably, uh, <clears throat> you know, flannels and um, <laughs> just not, not quite the same uh, job interview that I was used to. Uh, they were a small company, seven employees when uh, I applied. Um, and so did not think that I was going to do it. Didn't seem like the uh, right opportunity or the right compensation. Um, but I figured because they were so small, I could um, negotiate something. So I, uh, I talked with my wife. I talked with my dad and I talked with my mentor at the time. And just kind of prayed through, you know, what it would look like for this opportunity to work and if God was pointing us in that direction. Um, and ultimately, the company came back like within pennies of uh, exactly what we felt uh, would work. And uh, so we felt God was calling us to do that. Uh, I started uh, April 11th of 2017. And by um, May, May 8th was the largest hailstorm that has hit Colorado as far as I know, uh, wow. over $2.3 billion in uh, damage. Um, so I, they had done mostly residential. I did like a week of door knocking. I was like, what, what is this? Like, why, why are you doing this? And uh, <laughs> just had nothing, no desire to be uh, door knocking residential. And I knew that I was going to be looking towards commercial um, stuff. So I used my network of uh, churches and uh, real estate agents I knew from Richmond and just called everybody. And within my first 30 days at the company, I had contracted $2 million uh, in roofs, uh, one really big church in this um, indoor tennis facility. And so kind of the rest is history. Uh, within that year, I did 10 million in sales. Uh, by the end of the following year, we had a, uh, you know, private equity fund that, uh, bought into the company help us grow to where we are today 130 plus employees nationwide and continuing to grow wow wow man that's incredible and yeah the way god shows up even when uh it might not look like a, a gift from god in terms of a hailstorm is pretty <laughs> remarkable man but uh one thing that's been on on my mind lately and i was talking to our uh brother tony torres about this and that was uh the idea that a lot of people uh, don't share some of the, uh, the pain points in entrepreneurship in, in life in general. Sure. And so, I mean, yeah. to hear a story where, where you're making 
uh, 2 million in sales uh, within a couple weeks and then 10 million in your first uh, year. I'm interested, Andrew, what were some of the pain points that you went through? Obviously sure. you, you came out of a, yeah. a job loss before that, but were there any uh, notable uh, trials that you had to go through to get to that point? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had, I've had many in my life. Um, uh, I have always struggled with that uh, being humbly confident, if you will. Um, yeah. I tend to push the line of being arrogant, uh, mm. to be frank. And so, uh, yeah, I've certainly had many humbling moments in my life um, and hopefully not too many more, but uh, you never know. Uh, however, God needs to get my attention. I guess <laughs> I, I'll take that. Um, but uh, with roofing specifically, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, growing from, you know, a company that did six million in revenue the year prior to, between my boss and I and one other guy, I think we did 21 or 22 million. Wow. Um, so we effectively tripled the company's uh, revenue in a year's time. So there were a lot of growing pains with that. Yeah. Um, you know, we at first did not have enough uh, project managers. So at one point I had 17 active jobs going on <laughs> and I'm, I was like somehow supposed to be a property manager and still out selling other stuff. I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. Like, why am I, uh, I had one residential house and I was having to like help install, uh, a overhang on a patio. And I was like, I have no idea how to do this. Um, so yeah, early on, there was a lot of, um, just, man, are we going to be able to get through this? Am I going to be able to, um, you know, deliver what I said I would do and, and, sales because you know i didn't i didn't really know any better at the time so um there was a i'd say a year and a half of uh growth that was just really painful it was hard it was like how are we going to get through this how do i make sure that i uh keep my integrity with my clients and you know can can get things done and um you know want them to come back so yeah the the first two years was very difficult you know it's always nice to sign a contract you're like oh sweet i just made a ton of money yeah. um but then you still have to deliver so right uh, yeah it took some time that's yeah well thank you for sharing that because yeah that's something that i think we learn as we go but it's also nice to hear from people that have been there before um and that being said on top of that andrew i think you were you were a, a new found father um i think you're i think i read that your your son was pretty young and um before we hopped on here i think i might have heard him in the background i'd be i'd be interested yeah. to hear about how how that came into play the, the balance between business and uh being a loving husband a father and and obviously uh tying it back to faith too like that's a sure getting the rest in the obeying the sabbath that that we need to yeah and <laughs> enjoy um yeah no uh so when i started with roofing yeah my son was let's see that was april uh he was like four months old wow. um so that so that storm happened and i was pretty busy uh and we also started um doing some renovations at our house around the same time so i uh that was actually you know outside of work that was a very difficult time just you know trying to be a good husband and good father uh i was trying to do the cheaper route of doing the floors myself it took me like a month probably would have taken someone uh you know two or three days to do um 
And so it was a strain on our marriage. My wife's like, we got to get the floors done before my seven month old son's crawling, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I have a picture of him literally starting to scoot like as like on the second to last day before I finished the, the oh, flooring. So, um, you know, that was, that was difficult. Um, you know, we've, we've always put, um, you know, church a high priority, but mm. yeah, understanding that Sabbath rest was not something that was, um, super well thought out, especially wow. in those early stages. Um, and it was kind of through that, um, you know, accelerated growth that realized like, Hey, I need to make more time for, uh, my family, make sure that, you know, as my son gets older, I'm there to take him to, mm. you know, activities. Now we have three kids. Um, wow. so we're, we're very busy. My daughter just turned three yesterday. Uh, and our youngest is six months old. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I mean, looks very different now than it did, uh, then, but you know, I'm thankful for the path that God put us through to help me realize, uh, one, how important my time with the family is and how important it is to, uh, you know, speak truth in their life. Amen. Amen, man. Wow. Praise God for all that, dude. It's a, it's remarkable to, to see and, um, to hear quite honestly, I I'm, there's so much to, to go. I mean, we could talk about the house hack, but I'm also interested into how you can bring your faith to the marketplace. That's something that's uh, near and dear to my heart and many others is um, trying to be and, and training to be open about the faith and, and bringing people, showing people what it means to be a Christ follower and a business sure. owner because uh, greed can come into play. Like you said, ego and arrogance can come into play. It's something we all struggle with, but I'd love to hear andrew how how you um introduce the faith and and uh your take on it because a lot of people go a lot of different ways when it's involved <laughs> yeah um so for me i think it all kind of started back uh i believe it was um you know 2016 um around election time and mm -hmm. i think it was uh they were talking about like who's going to make it to the super bowl you know who had just won uh, office or whatever. And I was listening to like Caleb or way FM or something like that. One of the Christian radio stations. And one of the DJs uh, said, you know, how is it that uh, we as Christians say, you know, Jesus is Lord of our life. He's the most important thing to us in. And the only thing that really matters. And yet we'll do anything, but talk about God with people. Uh, we'll talk about, politics the super bowl uh I, I don't remember what all he named but those two specific things you know and i was like wow that's so true and like i already was talking about my faith quite a bit yeah. uh, it's like i shy away from these conversations far more often than i should and mm -hmm. it should be in every conversation because it's the only thing that matters right um so that was the starting point for me uh, and now, uh, I would, I would say it pretty much comes out in every single conversation, uh, that I have, if it's wow. over, if it's over 20 seconds, <laughs> typically, typically God's coming into the conversation. Oh, man. Um, and so to me, you know, I know that those LinkedIn posts sometimes hurt your, uh, algorithm views. I'm yeah. shadow banned on Facebook because I was I don't really use it anyway. And I posted something that was religious and also um, just about the science of 
uh, you know, transgender and wow. you know some of the stuff that we're dealing now. And I was very kind about everything, but I was just saying like, you know, here's some of the data that everyone cares about. And that was three years ago. And I can't like, no one buys my stuff on LinkedIn Mar- or uh, Facebook marketplace anymore. Uh, um, it's uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, oh my gosh. So I don't know how all that happened, but uh, yeah, it was pretty unique. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's just been, it's been something that's very important to me. Um, and I'm okay with, you know, people knowing exactly what's important to me. And if they don't want to work with me, then I understand that. Um, but at the same time, I think it also gives me a unique opportunity to show that, Hey, not everything you've heard about Christians is true. Mm. Um, you know, I deeply love the people in my life that have different viewpoints than me. Um, and I'm totally okay having conversation with them and disagreeing on stuff. But, um, yeah, so for me, it's, it's been a journey, but, uh, I want to share my faith in every moment of every day. So, wow. That's awesome, brother. And I, I do, uh, think it's becoming more, uh, known and people are paying a little more attention to it because times are tough, man. A lot of people are, are out there struggling and, and we're looking for answers and, and really the only answer is is Jesus and and uh, when that starts to come into the limelight and people are asking questions then uh, we do have an obligation to to share and to, to tell people how we can uh, stay faithful in, in troubling times but um, I also think there's there's a bit of a I mean there's a lot of talk about a revival in the marketplace and and uh, in circles that I've uh, paid attention to and, and what I see on LinkedIn and Instagram a little bit, I do see more people opening up about it. But uh, I'm now that you say the the shadow banning and, and the, the um, I don't know, for lack of the censorship on the, the big companies, it's it, it can be tough, right? It's like, how do we how can we go about um, bringing in this revival when some of the big businesses are, it seems like shutting us down? Um, sure. Yeah. 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 No. Um, I think, I think that, uh, you know, things may get worse before they get better. Um, but I still don't think it changes our obligation of what we're called to do. Um, and so, you know, I, I've been amazed kind of to your point, um, you know, seeing some guys that, uh, you know, are making a ton of money and doing a ton of stuff, have a big presence on YouTube or whatever, mm-hmm. finally start talking about their faith. Like yeah. you kind of always wondered, Hey, are you, are you Christian? You seem uh, like you have the, the right uh, mentality. And then out of nowhere, you know, because I think some of uh, the craziness in the world and yeah, like you said, just the hardship of COVID and some of the other things, people need God more than ever now. Mm. Um, and so these, these guys that are finally like, you know what, if I'm going to be censored, I might as well, uh, go all in. And, um, so I, I, I've loved seeing that and I hope that it continues. Um, you know, I think the other thing that's really, uh, I've seen a lot more of is, uh, the giving side of Mm. things. Um, one, uh, people that do have a presence online are sharing about giving, not in a, in a brag, bragging manner. Um, but it's like everything in our life is public. Like you could look up what most roofers make and probably get a 
a ballpark of what I make without me ever sharing what I make. You know, I can look up what a nurse anesthetist makes, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not that difficult to find out. And so all this information is public. And yet, especially with Christians, like they're not sharing about like what they're doing for God's kingdom. And like, why would they not be, you know, sharing like God gave me this. And so it's all his to begin with. And, you know, I am so thankful that I get to be a part of, you know, giving to this, that, or the other, whatever organization it is, your church. And, um, you know, so I really do feel like I've seen a lot more of that, um, you know, sharing their stories of giving, um, which is another testament of uh, the Christian community. Yeah, man. And that's, that's a great point. And um, a great place to take this is the idea of giving. And that's something that I think is kind of, uh, it, it scares people a little bit. One, it scares people. And two, uh, some people don't know how to deal with it, right? Is um, we come from a lot, a lot of people are raised under a, a lack mindset like a scarcity mindset and they're afraid to give or they say I'll give when I when I make this much money and I've been there I know what it's like so I'm I'm curious Andrew how uh whether that's ever um plagued you or how you can overcome that because in the finance world especially um it can go one of two ways where you just give as much as you can or it's like I need to give a certain amount because I won't be able to pay my bills if I give anything more sure um i mean i i guess i'm pretty lucky to be in sales um Mm. you know you have random months i guess that are harder than others like uh when i first started new home sales which is what i did before uh roofing uh i had a minimum wage check when my draw ran out and my my wife like sunk to the floor and was like, we're not going to make it. I'm like, no, that's not really how it works, you know, but it was, it was a really, really great thing to experience and like see one, your utter dependence uh, on God in those moments. And then two, um, you know, how me and my wife could do better at, you know, understanding where money's going and and we can still continue to get better. Um, But that was, that was a big eye opener. So I would say on a whole, I haven't uh, spent too much time in that space of like uh, sheer desperation, but like Mm -hmm. this house act that we did recently was very difficult. And as uh, last year, we felt like God had called us to uh, give 15% of all our income, um, you know, before taxes. And so there were times last year that that was difficult, um, you know, where it was like, am I actually giving out of this, uh, you know, one, trusting that God will provide and two, just like a joy uh, as mm-hmm. I'm giving or does it feel like this obligation? Right. Um, yeah. But uh, we ultimately uh, uh, got to experience some of those moments of desperation, which was, um, you know, refreshing at times, mm-hmm. like just how am I going to pay the mortgage this month or whatever, <laughs> um, you know, is, is a good reminder. Um, and yeah, we've continued to uh, increase our giving each year. We're currently giving 20% of our income uh, now, and we would love to continue to grow that, and um, you know, as God calls us to do that. So um, I would say on a, whole, on a whole, most of the time, I don't typically deal with a whole lot of, uh, yeah, the scarcity mindset yep. that you mentioned. Um, and I certainly know without a shadow of a doubt that God has come in and the you know, 11th hour, uh, many, many times. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I experienced that on the mission field as well with my parents. My mom had uh, breast cancer twice, mm-hmm. one while we were on the mission field. So uh, certainly experienced some of those, those moments of just, yeah, all you can do is pray and wow. know that, you know, God is faithful. Yeah. Amen, brother. And that's a, that's a great point is the power of prayer. Um, it's crazy to see it move and work in people's lives and to hear about it too. I mean, um, to hear about your mother, honestly, is obviously a, a miracle in itself and um, everything else too. It's, it's nice to hear also about your generosity, right? Because we are called to the tithe is 10%, but then giving over and above, that's where generosity comes in. Somebody told me once, it's not generosity isn't necessarily tithing tithing is obedience but generosity comes from the over and above amounts so to hear from, from your perspective where maybe you haven't been uh, pushed to the limits to, on that tithe but to step out in faith when he puts something on your heart and to follow through and then also to see the the uh the benefits that come um even in times of trouble is is remarkable man um Man, I, I, we could go on all day. Uh, these are topics that I love to dive into, and I know you do too. Um, but I do want to be cognizant of your time. I, I do respect you coming on here and, and giving us some some insights. Andrew, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, the house hack. That's something that we've um, talked about on this podcast. It's something that I'm looking to do in the near future. Um, I'd love to hear about your experience, what got you into the house hacking space, and uh, how it's paid off. For you yeah um so i'm a disabled vet from the military um so i have you know obviously the va loan but when you're a disabled vet um i think i don't remember the exact percentage you have to be but as long as you're over a certain percentage you have no va funding fee um back in october of uh 2020 my mortgage guy and i were talking and he said that the eligibility limits were gone on the VA loan and it was strictly based on your income. Mm. And I, um, so we were already kind of looking at, uh, my wife really wanted a like new construction house. And I essentially said, I didn't feel like it was a good, um, you know, stewardship of our money. And it was just, basically got a slightly bigger house, one more room and still a tiny yard and all the same stuff. It's just all new. Um, so I was like, our mortgage goes up and there's no real advantage. Um, so she still had her mindset on it. We were praying about it. And I said, well, why don't we do the $2,000 refundable deposit there? But in the meantime, we do a house hack. She said she didn't want to, um, you know, uh, live in the same house, uh, as some, you know, like have our renters live in the same place as us. And, um, so that meant that, um, I had to find something more expensive. So, uh, I had already started the refinance process for our first house, our first VA loan. So I could get my eligibility back and, um, was just, yeah, trying to figure it out. So, realized that I could do something in the realm of like anywhere from at least 800 to 1.2 million with my VA loan based on my income. Um, but the only way that would work is it had, you know, like the right opportunities for rental income, 
and I could rent out my other house. So I kept my first house, but refinanced it. I, um, you know, bought, ultimately we put offers on a couple pieces, but when we were the first offer to make, uh, first one to put an offer in. And then uh, within two weeks, eventually we were ultimately under contract. It was uh-huh. a lot of back and forth and uh, actually spent some time uh, very much having to uh, ask God to keep my attitude in check towards the owner. <laughs> he was not the easiest to deal with and um, just realized I needed to show him God's love. But um, we ultimately got this place um, in Golden, Colorado. It's on 1.4 acres. It had a thousand square foot apartment that was disgusting, like <laughs> hadn't been updated since the 70s. Um, the lady had a dog that like peed on the carpet and all kinds of stuff so we gutted that place and turned it to a it was just a a one bedroom one bath we converted it to a two bedroom uh one bath and uh updated everything we uh did a lot of rehab on the main house um but because i didn't have to put anything down uh you know i had those the means to spend uh money on the upgrades for both the apartment and the house it also has a, a shop that's 2,000 square feet that we divided into thirds. Now it's uh, divided into a larger section and a smaller section. Um, and I rent that out for 1,500. And we wow. have um, a couple from our church that are going to be missionaries to Indonesia, uh, currently staying in our apartment. Um, huh. And then when they move out, we're going to do a corporate rental and um, you know make a little bit more. Um, <laughs> so. So, oh uh, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, I mean, it's a very unique property. The house was built in 1935. Yep. Um, there was a pool inside the house underneath the, mm-hmm. the carpet and tile that I had to level. At stuff so mm-hmm. that we could put new flooring in. There's, there's a lot of crazy stuff along the <laughs> way, but, um, yeah, it's, a, it was a very unique property and wow. yeah, we're super grateful because essentially we live in a, a house on land, um, yeah it has a tennis court. So, uh, it's been great for like our life group, the kids in the spring, just go out and play in the tennis court. Um, and, uh, we do a college group at our house on Thursdays. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been a great place where we can, uh, bless others and, uh, give back what, you know, through what God has given us. So it's been pretty wild. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. And uh, I feel like you just touched upon all the ways that you also, yeah, give back to the community. Um, and that's something that, that's been near and dear and also opening opened up my eyes a little bit is the ability to provide for others in the real estate field. You know, you and many others talk about your providing a, a place of living for people that, that need it. Um, missionary or not, you just happen to, to give it to somebody that's going to um, bring out God's great commission to this world. And that's that's inspiring, too. So um man andrew i i really appreciate your time this has been uh, a t- very fruitful conversation and uh i look forward to the many more that are to come um before we Absolutely. close i'd love to give you a chance to um allow people to to reach out to you in any way i know i found you on linkedin but is there um a place that people can connect with you to get more in touch and, and learn a little bit more about you yeah, I think LinkedIn's always uh, been the best like starting place for me. It's where I'm most active. Like I said, I don't really use any of the other social medias. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, yeah, I don't have a 
website or anything, but all my contact info is on LinkedIn, uh, phone number, email, uh, both work and investment email. So if anybody has any questions or just uh, wants to hear more about any of the stuff that we've done in the past few years, we'd love to share. And uh, thank you again for the opportunity to be on. My pleasure, man. And before we close, I do have one final question that I ask all the sure. guests here on the Know Your Numbers podcast. It is Andrew Kunzman. What is one truth about money that most people regard as myth? Hmm. Uh, well, I would say the the ultimate truth is it's all God's, and uh, very few very few people are willing to admit that. So, when when you understand that truth, I think that uh, changes your perspective in a lot of ways. Amen, brother. Well, this has been a pleasure, man. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, you're a great prophet in the marketplace, and I look forward to uh, speaking with you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again.